0: Welcome back to the High Performance Human Podcast. I'm your host, Simon Ward, and this week we get going part two of our conversation with Dr. Phil Mafferton. We begin by chatting about another of those articles that was penned by Phil and the prof, Paul Larson, about sudden death following COVID vaccines, before we get onto the topic of forest bathing. And finally, we chat about Phil's new book, B Sharp, which explores the relationship between music brain health fitness and longevity and if you haven't had a chance to listen to part one yet you can find a link for that in the show notes there's a lot more good stuff today so please get yourself comfortable and get ready another article you did with the prof as we know him paul larson you talk about and this would be more interesting to the athletes about this increase in um, sudden cardiac death following COVID-19 infection and or vaccination so I mean I'm interested in that I know in I read the um I read the little piece on your website and you talk about myocarditis and inflammation of the heart um and um a link to mr mrna drugs is that right or um, yeah yeah
1: the the mrna vaccines
0: okay so And I'm interested to just hear more about this from from a medical perspective, because I'm not sure I have enough knowledge to understand the link between what the vaccine might be doing, because, uh, you know, big news will tell us that there's no danger from the vaccine. But, of course, you've maybe have a different perspective.
1: Well, everybody in the scientific community knows the vaccines are not without potential side effects. Mm -hmm. But
0: But that's the same for any vaccine, right?
1: Within every vaccine, and and yeah. and um, the in fact, the pharmaceutical industries, when they produce a vaccine, by the time it comes out, they've already got a bank account somewhere with a lot of money for the lawsuits associated with side effects. So <laughs> yeah. everybody knows this. I think they're required to do that here, um, and so um, uh, it 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 isn't the issue, but people shouldn't be duped into thinking. You know, a that this is a perfect vaccine and that's all we need to do and it'll get rid of the pandemic. And B, there's no side effects. Um, and C, that w- we we got this because you're not taking care of yourself, so we're going to take care of you. <laughs> that's the that's the biggest problem. Um, so in the in the early on, uh, it seemed evident that the spike protein was um, a pro- potential problem. Uh, from a from a side effect, the side effect that um triggered uh, myocarditis or pericarditis. And so that's when we wrote the article. we took We took the data coming in of people who had sudden cardiac death, and we didn't we only we only um counted the people who died during activity. So we didn't count the people who died in their sleep or who who um collapsed during a run and they were fortunate enough to to be near somebody who could revive them we didn't count all those and the numbers were astoundingly high compared to what they were for years and years all along the way and um and the the research seemed to indicate it was the 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 spike protein which meant it was due to the infection itself or and or it was due to the uh the vaccine in both cases you get the spike protein uh-huh. Um, since that article came out, um, and I, and we had a good response, people were, were shocked. Um, but since that article came out, there've been a number of studies that cited our research uh-huh. and they were using bigger populate cause now, you know, the, the, <clears throat> what was interesting to see in the pandemic. And the reason we wrote three papers, not just one is that literally every month the new studies coming out hmm. were astounding. The data was amazing. Unfortunately, it wasn't reported very well. It was all, you know, the hype of the media um, persisted in in uh, scaring people and making people panic rather than um, giving them real information. but but the the information started, the the data started to increase, so we we had better and better information. And there was a study. And I can't recall it at the moment, but um, a a study using uh, large numbers of people and what they found, essentially, they found the same thing we found, except they included uh, the people who developed myocarditis or pericarditis, Mm -hmm. they included, um, uh, um, and and what they showed was the primary cause of the problem was the vaccine, not the infection. And I thought that was very interesting. it made me feel good that we, we, you know, we maybe encouraged them to to do that study or somebody did. Um, it gave us more information and today we have even more information. Um, so, um, it's interesting. And, and I think, I think the, the, the issue also comes down to susceptibility who's susceptible.
0: Right. So Um, that, that was my question. Yeah. So that was going to be my question. Uh, Lots of people have had the vaccine and lots of those people exercise regularly, but not all of them have had these sudden deaths. So are there other factors at play that then when combined with the vaccine, yeah, maybe it's their lifestyle, maybe it's preconditions, maybe it's genetic, maybe it's something else, maybe it's ethnic or cultural. Um are, what, what are the other factors um that are at play? And have you found any um any of those factors that are more common than others?
1: The 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 most the most common. Uh, the biggest factor the the one that we've already talked about is being overfat right and okay. because again when we're overfat uh the trickle down effect of, is something that affects the immune system and mm-hmm. so now we are um we are more vulnerable to any infections not just covid there's nothing special about the covid virus um uh, there's a hundred and some odd viruses mm-hmm. out there which COVID is now going to be lumped in with to be our seasonal viruses that we have to be careful of. Um, um, but being being overfed is something we learned from the two thousand nine uh, pandemic that that everybody forgets. Um, it was this big, you know, this big concern at the time, and then it just sort of disappeared, and everybody forgot about it. Um, start asking people. Hey, do you remember the 2009 pandemic? What the what? You know. Oh, you mean the the 1918? No, <laughs> there's been <laughs> a whole flu. bunch of them along the way. And you know, the the 2009 pandemic showed something we hadn't seen before, in part because the overfat pandemic is relatively new. It's only been the last 50 years that we're seeing these massive numbers of people with excess body fat and uh, and the effect on it. But we saw in 2009 that the data was showing that those who had excess body fat were the most vulnerable to get infected. And we saw that with COVID-19 as well.
0: I'm going to ask you quite a controversial question now then, Phil um cuz it, it was quite a polarizing thing during the pandemic your views on vaccines can i do i take it from that that you're not in favor of them or are there times when uh, vaccines for certain things are actually the right the right thing to do
1: i'm neither for or against vaccines i'm i'm for using my brain to determine whether i need a vaccine or whether i'd want to recommend a vaccine Mm. uh to to someone or generally speaking you know i'm 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 going to help somebody and they ask me what i think and you know i i can evaluate them and say well you're not very healthy and you know one thing that we can do and th- this would include all childhood immunizations um is we can measure our natural immunity mm. And and my natural immunity was good. I didn't get sick during COVID in 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 any way. I'm probably on an eight year cycle of of getting a cold, um, and I'm 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 very lucky that way. If there was an Ebola outbreak here in in the in the U.S., I would probably get a vaccine. Mm-hmm. I I mean I'd wait to see if it happened. Hopefully, it never will happen. Um, But so I'm not for blindly Mm. for or blindly against vaccines. I I think we have to use logic and and we have to give people uh, their choice. You know, we can't force vaccinate the world.
0: No, I I agree with that. But with all due respect to you, Phil, you have slightly more underlying knowledge than the average person that's out there. So. Um, in that circumstance, what do they do? Do they ask themselves, am I doing everything I could to make myself healthy? Am I eating a healthy diet? Am I exercising? Am I getting enough sleep? And if they're putting a cross in all of those boxes, they probably should be getting a vaccine. But if they're actually, or they probably should consider it or come to somebody like you and get a a little bit more informed advice rather than listening to what's said in the media or social media. But if somebody's ticking all of those boxes and listening to all the advice and things that we've talked about today they might be in a better position to um you know rely on their own immune system
1: without a doubt and and, and now we get back to the proactivity issue we mm-hmm. we can we can this this covid-19 um, um infection was um uh this worldwide pandemic this endemic when we look at the cause of it um is is was preventative and predictable mm-hmm. and 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 that's on a world level, but individually we can also be proactive and prevent those illnesses um mm-hmm. quite well. So mm-hmm. um that that becomes the issue. And and I don't mind talking about should, should this person or that person be, be vaccinated. Um you know, one of the issues during COVID was that it didn't come out is that there weren't enough vaccines for everyone. Mm-hmm. There weren't um and if there is an Ebola outbreak that's really serious, we'll understand what shortages really mean mm-hmm. um but w- we we you know we are in charge of ourselves and um and mm. it's a lot harder today to be in charge of our health than it was many years ago.
0: What are your thoughts on long covid have um, I guess it's a thing out in the US as, it, as much as it is here in the UK. Um, and I wonder if long covid is what we've seen before when people get post-viral fatigue or whether it, it is something different
1: it's not different it's um just like long um uh you know tick-borne diseases Lyme disease in the U.S um mm-hmm. it's it's like um and and there's a bunch of conditions that really should be all in one box of of uh, chronic things. And I just call them post stress. You know, it's a post stress condition. It's not anything to do with COVID or Lyme. It's post traumatic stress disorder is the same thing. We, we are hit with a massive stress and any infection can do this. A bacterial infection can do it. Mm -hmm. A bad flu, a bad cold can do it. Um, a race, you know, you run a race and, and, um, you know, a lot of athletes often get sick after a big race, because they're, they're trashing their body and their immune system in particular. And now they're vulnerable to all the, the microbes that surround us all the time. You know, we don't, we don't, um, we're not attacked by a virus, because we're out walking in the street or training on our bike, we're, Mm. we're, we're exposed to these things all the time, and our immune system prevents us from getting sick.
0: I, I, so. I, I heard—I'm sure I heard somebody say this, but I think it's a really good theory as well. Like if if you've got a house, a, a, a street full of houses, a housebreaker will walk down and try all the doors to see which one's open. And if none of them are open, he'll go off and try another street. But he'll go on, and if one's open, then he'll go into that one. Well, that—that's my. That that's my sort of image of what the virus is doing. He's going around, he's, he's you're in a crowded space. He goes around. He knocks on the door to each person to see if the house is locked or open, and then all of a sudden he finds somebody with a, mute, a weak immune system, and in he goes, or he, in she goes, in it goes, and that's it. Then they're they're sort of running around the house creating havoc. Then
1: it's a good it's a good image and it's a very real uh, analogy for uh, having a healthy immune system. And and one of the one of the other things in addition to um, being over fat that made people more vulnerable to COVID-19 was low vitamin D levels. Mm-hmm. That's a whole nother epidemic mm-hmm. that, that, um, you know, and again, it's, it's a, a corporate, uh, it's a, it's a corporate thing because we didn't have much skin cancer until we got sunscreen. Yeah. So and when we got sunscreen now and we put the fear in everybody, now we started developing these um these these low levels, really severely low levels in many cases of vitamin mm-hmm. D. And you know, vitamin D is so easy to test for. I think they're now they're now able to do it. Um, um I think there's a kit. Is there a saliva test? Now I can't keep the test straight. Um it it may be a finger prick but there's a you could get something in the mail and test your you know stick yourself or do a saliva test and send it in and you get fairly accurate um levels of vitamin d and and you know athletes vitamin d is such a powerful nutrient for 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 athleticism that it should be the first thing you test for when you're sitting around on new year's day thinking what am, you know what's this year Going to be like for me. Here, here are my goals. Well, the first thing should be: I want to test my vitamin D. Of course, you want to test your waist as well. Um, And man, if you can keep your body fat to normal levels, we need a certain amount of body fat for health. But if you can keep it from being over fat, and if you can, if you can keep your vitamin D levels at a good level, um, boy, you're gonna. That's a huge proactive um thing
0: mm. Mm. let's talk about getting old phil something that's on my mind um getting older living a healthy um age what, what um die old as late as possible somebody said um you know be be flying along and then just happen to have, have two or three days at the end and you're off i don't want i don't want that long descent i want a sudden fall off the uh fall off yeah
1: the yeah yeah my 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 old friend. Um, And philosopher um, George Sheehan, um, who's long gone, um, used to say, um, We want to be like the Sphinx. You know, one day we're this hard as a rock thing, and the next day we're just dust.
0: Yeah. So, you've another one of the articles you uh, talked about was Healthy Aging Beyond Health, I think. And um, in, in that, you talk about all, a lot of the things around longevity. Now, some of them are some of the things we've talked about earlier, um, you know, taking responsibility, eating real food, getting good sleep. Um, for those folks who are um, in their 50s, getting towards the end of those in their 60s and wanting to think more, less, less perhaps about athletic performance and more about just being human performance and enjoying, enjoying the latter part of their life. Um, enjoying spending time with the family and their grandchildren. um what advice would you have for those folks in terms of how they approach their their lifestyle and and their exercise habits
1: and their great-grandchildren? Um, yeah you, you know, it's it's in a way it's not much different. um the the reason they were were bombarding the population, the media with this idea that, you know covid's affecting people who are over 60 or over 65 well that's because when you reach that age you've accumulated a lot of mm. uh abnormal a lot of unhealthy conditions you've accumulated a lot of body fat so it's not the age it's the condition and and we control so much of that but really i don't i don't um th- th- it's like the idea that, you know, you could you can buy a multivitamin if you're 50 and over. Oh, this is good for 50 and over. Well, that's just a bunch of crap. It doesn't work that way. We have very similar needs throughout our entire life. Um, there are periods we go through where we may be using more of this and less of that. But generally speaking, we, 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 we still need uh, a lot of protein. We still uh, need to avoid junk food uh, completely avoid junk food. And I don't mean moderation. Uh, we don't smoke cigarettes in moderation or use heroin in moderation. Why would we do the same thing with junk food? Um, we need a certain amount of fat, uh, every day in our diet, um, at, at all ages. And, um, what happens is we, we, we tend to have this social phenomena where, um, uh, uh, they 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 make us retire uh, mm. when we're I don't know what age they do these days, but but why in the world would anyone want to retire from life when you're at age sixty or sixty five or seventy um, when there's so much to do, you know? So having a passion throughout your life is very important. Having a passion when you're sixty or 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 older is more important only because they make it seem like you know we're finished with our passions we're we're done with all of that uh we're not there's there's just so much to do and and our brain has the ability to repair itself to grow new brain cells and to keep going and and function at levels better than ever in our life at all ages so that sphinx who just turns to dust one day right before that that sphinx has a brain that is functioning better than ever in that sphinx life lifetime and that's that's what we're like
0: we're going to get on to some uh oriental stuff soon phil you, you, i think you know what's coming but um this book out about the blue zones isn't there and um, the, um there's a one of the blue zones is in okinawa in japan and it, it seems to me that all of those blue zones, if you, if you read between the lines, um, folks are almost uh, not living the westernized life. They they have community. They they're a bit disconnected from uh, you know the media and all of that stuff. They have purpose. They they stay part. That you know the older folk aren't parcelled off to an old people's home and just left there without any interaction. They're still in. They're still involved in the family. They're not. They're not training every day, but they're still active. Maybe they're tending the allotment. Maybe they're that. Maybe they just have a purpose in in taking care of the flowers, and um, um, so that gives them something to look forward to every day. They're probably getting outside. Uh, you know, they probably. I, mean, I know in some of those little villages, like the ones you see, you know, when, when you go to Italy, the old folk that are there probably ninety and probably still having a cigarette every day, but and they're probably drinking a glass of wine, but they have. You know, those those things that perhaps we've talked about that we shouldn't be doing are offset by all the things that we aren't doing that perhaps we should be doing, like just interacting with other people and and um, being part of a community. And um, the Japanese call it Ikigai, don't they? And there is a book about Ikigai and about that having a sense of purpose and meaning throughout your life, which is probably something to do with retiring. I like Tim Ferriss' idea that rather than having a big retirement where everything stops, we should have mini-retirements so we take a bit of time and go do this and then come back and work and keep the brain active and the body. Um, And something else I know that you've talked about, and that's the reason for my background today, is this Japanese um, phenomenon called Shinrin-yoku, which I think, I hope I've pronounced that right, but that's forest bathing. And you wrote an article which I was quite taken by about the green, green grass of our minds. So can we talk about that a little bit, about the idea about getting out in nature and how um, how that is so healthy for us?
1: Sure. I, I'm a country boy. I grew up in the country and and spent a lot of time in the woods and all the green around me. And when I went off to college and, you know, I didn't realize how many people don't do that. They, they're They're city people. And um, or they were country people, and now they're not and um you know, they're stuck in their offices all day um um this is a sensory thing. this has a lot to do with the brain, which then helps the body. um this is a sensory thing where we we want to send into our brain information from our senses, our our vision, our olfactory, we smell the forest, our um, our, our hearing, we hear the forest, we feel the forest. Um these are, you know, these are very, very powerful um things for our brain. We've always had them. Our ancestors lived a, a life with them and suddenly we don't have them now. That's that's a deficit. It's like not having enough um sunshine exposure on our skin. So our vitamin D levels go down. Um And it's, it's a, it's a problem. It's also uh, it's also a problem because we, we, we get hung up in our day-to-day work and we are so busy. We think we don't have time um, for anything beside being busy and, and, um, you know, have this social, crazy, insane life that, um, and I've, 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 tipped my toe in that more than once and it's a frightening thing and it's hard to get out of sometimes but um you have to and um getting out and and i i have a thing called the five minute power break which we can talk about um when we get to the music part but but i explain it to people and they i could see it in their in their faces all of a sudden at some point during my short explanation of how you do this five-minute power break, where you improve the alpha waves in the brain, and you can have a a, a one-hour meditation in five minutes, I could see them thinking, "I don't have time for that." <laughs> really? Well, you've got a much bigger problem than you think, um, because if we don't have time to take five minutes for our our health and fitness. Mm -hmm. Um, it's a problem and, and the, the, the forest bathing, and we don't have to be in a forest. We could go in central park in New York city or any of the parks in, in, in London or, uh, wherever we are, there's, there's a park somewhere. There's a, there's some trees, there's some, you know, and they, they, they've shown that that cities and and locales that have these parks that have Mm -hmm. green space, um have much lower crime than other areas so there's something to it but we already knew this we knew this um mm. all our ancestors knew it and and now we're forgetting about it that's the that's the 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 problem it's what one of the other ways we can be proactive take those 5 minutes take that one hour um lunch break and um sit sit down and listen to the birds
0: and i, sp- I suppose arguably feel that if, if you were going to go out and go for a run, you could go on the treadmill and pound out some intervals and be really precise with your pace and your heart rate and get in the right zone and, you know, um, do all of that stuff. Or you could go out and find a park or some woods and go for an easier run around there and not just stimulate your aerobic system, but also all of those sensory elements that you just mentioned. And the sum of that activity outdoors in the fresh air and the health benefits is probably going to be greater than the sum of just pounding out 45 minutes on a treadmill, isn't it?
1: It sure is. And, you know, it's, it's interesting. I've always used walking Mm. for all the athletes I've ever trained. Mm. I mean, all of them, even sprinters, Um, uh, high end professionals, Olympic athletes, beginners um, instead of the treadmill going for that, lunchtime easy stroll in the woods or on a on a grassy knoll or wherever will give you a fitness workout that's of huge benefit um along with that um, sensory stimulation that can really be very helpful for the brain and the body.
0: Okay. So we've been building up to this. You've talked about sensory stimulation. It brings us perfectly to your new book, Be Sharp, lovely title. How long did it take to come up with that one?
1: Quite a while, actually. So B sharp refers obviously to the brain and, and mm-hmm. having us be alert. Uh do you know music? Um I'm I'm sad to say that I don't feel no. Well, B sharp is a musical term. Uh it's a B note that's sharp. Yes, I, 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 presume, a, I presume
0: I presume I think I probably got enough knowledge to think that it was a note, yeah, but but beyond that, I'm, uh, it, I'm lost. it
1: it kind of it kind of surprises even musicians because they think, oh. Be sharp. That's a C note, right. which is what it is. It, okay. It's 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 an interesting um it's an interesting thing. And um I originally had all kind, you know, I had like 20, 20 words in the title and subtitle, and I just couldn't, because it was mm-hmm. there was so much stuff going on in this book. I figured we've got the brain, we've got aging, we've got health, and we have got fitness, and we've got uh expanding the mind. Uh, which mm-hmm. is a concept that um people don't quite understand but if 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 you're listening to this podcast and you're hearing things for the first time and you're getting these aha moments mm-hmm. what's happening is in your brain you're making connections between different brain cells that you never made before and now you've mm-hmm. you've expanded your mind that's what that is mm-hmm. and um And we can do that with music. The problem uh, we have with music today is not unlike the problem we have with food and (laughs) exercise. There's a lot of junk music out there. The music industry has hijacked music. They're in control now. And most of the music people hear today is industry made. It's computer generated. It's made by committee. In some office building somewhere, um, the singer songwriters um, that are still out there. And if if you're uh, really into music, you probably already know a lot of singer songwriters. But when we go into a mall and when we turn on the radio and when we uh, go to somebody's house and they have background music playing, it's often junk music. Mm-hmm. We certainly know it because it used to be called elevator music. hmm. We certainly know it because when we f- make a phone call and somebody says, "I'm going to put you on hold," <laughs> and we hear this obscene—I st- mean, it, it, it's obscene—and mm-hmm. there are studies that show that the music on hold is is harmful to the brain. So humans had music from the beginning. That's how we got to where we are today. We 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 grew our brain because we had music. Darwin talked about how important music was to the earliest humans because music was a important factor in sexual selection. I'm going to choose the best mate I could find. How do we do that? We sing, we sing something. And then our, our, our mate hears that singing. And because of that, we could, we can tell what this person's brain and body is like. And now Mm -hmm. the mate may sing back and you could say, Oh, I, I, I I like that brain and body, and Mm. so um, we 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 seem to be losing that. And what's interesting um, is that the rates of a brain injury, the rates of brain injury, have gone up incredibly over the last fifty years. There could be three hundred million people with brain injuries, Um, but there's a brain injury called amusia, more common than than autism, and amusia is a condition of musical defect in our brain and it could be from early life um whatever the reasons uh we are musically impaired and so i i wrote this book to help not just those people but everyone who who has kind of gotten off course with music listening because just music listening if all we do is listen to music that we choose we're going to get a, a everyday therapy it's it's an amazing thing, and and we, you know, we all know how wonderful we feel when we listen to our favorite oldies.
0: Mm. It
1: brings us back to when we were a, a hot shot um, track star, or when we were first falling in love. And you, you are... it doesn't just mentally bring us back, but we f- we physically feel good, and we can measure the brain waves to, to to show that, and the body changes to show that. When when
0: you first. Um, when we first got back in touch about recording this podcast you mentioned that you'd like to talk about this new book and you talked about how folks use music when they're exercising and you wrote there that that wasn't a particularly good idea um can you expand on that because i know a lot of i i live right by the canal here so it's you know it's it's out in nature there's a beautiful path by the by the water, you see the swans currently at the moment nesting. The ducks are going along with the ducklings as the cows and the horses feeding out of the water. There's a lot of nature there. Um, and yet I I ride and run up there myself. And I've, again, since since our first conversations, I tried to run at an easy pace. So I'm not grimacing. I'm just looking around and I'm in the moment. I'm enjoying it. I see a lot of people that are, are grimacing. They're in pain. They're suffering. They're breathing hard. They look like they're, they look like they're trying to survive rather than thrive. Um, but I also get very, very frustrated by the number of folks that are um running along, particularly when they've got the back to me, and I'm ringing my bell on my bike and they're just not moving over because they've got Oasis or Green Day playing at full pelt. um because they're distracting themselves, probably from the pain. They probably say it helps them motivate. um your thoughts sure on does. music music for motivation <clears throat> and um and how that can lead to perhaps the results that we're not expecting or wanting out of out of our training session
1: yeah I I have always been against listening to music during a workout, during exercise um my my comment is always I'd rather you listen to your body instead because you'll learn about your body. It's telling you a lot of things. Every step you take, you' you're you're getting sensations into the brain and your brain is analyzing that and it's sending messages back to the body and you want to be in on that. Conversation. You want to feel that maybe you're overstriding a little bit, or maybe your cadence is off, or maybe this. And if you listen to me, listening to music, uh, you're not listening to your body clearly. And and what people say when this conversation comes up, and many people are already thinking it. There's a lot of studies that show music during exercise is helpful. That's not what the exercise studies show. The exercise, exercise exercise studies show that music um, can increase our um, uh, attention span. They can increase our. Uh, it, it can get us up for a workout. If we can't get up for a workout without music, there's a bigger problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and and music can drive your your body to to work harder. And music can raise your heart rate and you get the drums going and you, you know, you just want to, you know, it's like a Rocky movie. You just want to keep going um, despite the fact that you shouldn't keep going. Uh, so m- music can do that to you, but what that does is is is, is it contributes to overtraining. Mm, right. And so I like people to avoid that, but I also like people to listen to music before they work out a long you know bef- all day before they go out you know in the afternoon for a workout and now that music exposure is going to improve brain function and body function so that when they go for their workout they're going to benefit from the music that they heard beforehand just think of a um i don't know the 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 example i used in the book is a, of a baseball player mm-hmm. who's announced And every baseball player has a song that they blare out in the stadium. Mm -hmm. And they come walking to the plate with their bat. And as soon as they step close to the plate, the music stops. Yeah. Because when the music stops, your brain works better. We go into an autopilot mode. We go into this uh, default mode um, network where we, we... we enlist all the things we learned in training we don't have to think about riding a bike we don't have to think about putting one foot in front in front of the other because we've we've already trained ourselves to do that and we can go on autopilot music gets us out of autopilot Make, so,
0: makes it, makes me th- makes me think about that uh, line in pulp fiction where they uh, they have to go to do a job, and he said, "Right now, it's time to get into character." You know, they have to get. It's uh, John Travolta and Samuel L. Jackson, I think, and they're the hitmen, and they have to get into the character of being the hitmen, don't they? From talking about McDonald's burgers in the car.
1: <laughs> yes, I mean, I mean, what you know, we, the the brain is the most important part of the athlete's body, and we want to let it do what it does best, which is mm-hmm. to make us perform. It, the brain knows what we want to do. We've already told it. We, we, we don't need uh, we don't need inspiration. We we don't need a song to get us out of bed to to do our workout. Mm. Uh, it should be fun um, and inspiring enough.
0: Well, that also brings me around to something we talked about earlier, which is having um, you know most of the best practitioners. You've mentioned people like Mark Mark Allen and Mike Pig. And some of the athletes that you and I know and that you've worked with are amazing practitioners. They, they, they execute the, the basic skills with mastery. And it takes, you know, back to Erickson's study of 10,000 hours of practice to become a, a concert pianist or something. There's many hours of practice where you're focused on the action and performing the action Right. And you can't do that with the distraction of music that's taking your brain away from the actual the, the the actual movement skills. But if you don't execute those movement skills many many probably millions of times in practice, how can you execute them automatically on autopilot w- when it's important? And that's what makes the the Tiger Woods. That's what makes the. Um, then the Federers, that's what makes the uh, the Mark Allens of this world be able, uh, able to perform under the highest of pressure. Is because they don't have to think about it; they can relax, and they can do what they've learned to do without distraction.
1: Exactly, very well put. And music can can help us after the workout as well, uh, because we we now enter that period of recovery, mm-hmm. and recovery is where we get a lot of the benefits of of the workout. And so music can help us there. We sit down and we turn on some enjoyable music, and we improve our autonomic balance. Now we've got to, you know, come come back out of that sympathetic state and mm-hmm. um, and recover. And and that that's a very very important part that many people look like again. They don't have time to recover because they're mm-hmm. they're on to the next thing.
0: Is, is there a particular type of music that we should be using in that recovery process then? Uh, you know, is it is it down to our own personal tastes or, you know, should we be listening to classical music? Should we be listening to some sort of jazz? I, I guess we should be avoiding that elevator music you talked about.
1: Yeah, we, we want to avoid uh, junk music, which would be weaponized music and commercialized <laughs> music and politicized music. That is junk music. It's noise that is harmful. Um, Two two things. Um, One is we want to listen to the music we love, the oldies that I mentioned earlier. Um, We all we all have favorites and music is so readily available today that you can you can find any piece of music that's been published and listen to it. Um, But the other thing and the brain loves that we can measure. we can measure the the benefits of of from an aging standpoint from music listening, they've shown it in fMRI studies, and I've seen it in brain waves and so on and so forth. Um, but the brain also loves surprises. Mm-hmm. And music can be a surprise if you've if you've never heard a piece of music that's good, it's going to be a surprise for you, even one song. Listen to something you've never heard before, and it will surprise you if you're a classic pianist and that's all you do and that's all you listen to and you listen to Nirvana, you're going to be surprised. Mm-hmm. You might not like what you hear, but now you've surprised the brain, you've expanded the mind, and you've gotten some benefits from it. I should mention that if 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 you if you think you don't like certain kinds of genres which are a, 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 an industry game that they play to sell more music mm-hmm. but if you if you think you're not into rap or hip-hop or if you're not into classical music the studies show that if we educate ourselves or if, if we educate someone about this style of music and then they listen to something that they don't like suddenly they find things in it that they like Mm-hmm. And if you if if you're a concert pianist and you listen to Nirvana and you're really open minded, even if if you're not going to listen to it again, you're going to say, "Oh, wait a minute, he's using the same notes I'm using." Mm-hmm. And again, that that expands the mind. But for many people, uh, listening to something they're they're uh, they've never heard before, it is a huge surprise, and you may end up getting a lot of new oldies out of it because um you know and i i i i listen to i spend an hour or so every day um i lie down i close my eyes i listen to music and i listen to either um an album i usually listen to albums of singer songwriters because it's a it's like a little movie mm-hmm. um and and a lot of times i listen to a new album and get surprised and I may never listen to the album again but I'll enjoy the surprise Uh, yes uh two days ago I listened to Paul Simon's new album Mm -hmm. the guy is what 81 or 82 years old and he comes out with this breakthrough piece of art that's incredible Mm -hmm. Uh, you know um so we we should keep going and and listening to to oldies is great, but we also need to surprise our brain with something new once in a while because um, that's a way of expanding the mind as well.
0: I think that's a metaphor for life, though, isn't it? As we get, uh, particularly as we're getting older, is to continue surprising <clears throat> ourselves with things because that that because by opening our minds and our eyes to new experiences. Um, we we can we can continue to develop rather than what what a lot of folk do is just shutting down all of that stuff.
1: That's why we don't retire because there's so much stuff around that we, mm-hmm. we you know we develop new passions, new interests. Uh we go where no brain has gone before. and and um there's just so much out there. Um, well,
0: if if um it's it's six o'clock here, Phil, in the UK. It's it's not the same time as where you are, so it seems inappropriate to ask you to do a toast. But if I was going to do a toast, I'd I'd open a nice bottle of red, and I would s- salute that idea that we're not going to retire. And then I thought, well, actually, we've got we've got a few minutes left, so let's talk about wine because you told me before the show a surprising thing that you were, you were a fan of red wine like I am. So um, let's talk about wine and enjoyment of wine as something else to. Uh, to, to indulge yourselves and surprise yourselves with
1: yeah I've I've um I had a wine cellar for many many years um and the only reason I don't have it anymore is because one day I thought why am I keeping this wine <laughs> I was yeah. taking a bottle out for special occasions and I I said well I celebrate every day and every day is a special occasion so I'm gonna start drinking And it took years, but I'm going to start drinking this wine. And I would pick the worst bottle in the cellar, and I would drink that. And so by the time I got to the end, I had an 82 Rothschild that I can't even explain how wonderful it Uh was. Um, But red wine does two things. It gives us these these compounds that come from the, the grape skins that everybody talks about. Being so healthy because they are healthy
0: polyphenols right
1: the well there's a lot of phytonutrients the polyphenols is one group of them um and and um and the other part is the alcohol part which (laughs) has some therapeutic benefit for for many people some people should never drink alcohol and they know it um and um alcohol is potentially the most dangerous drug on earth we we need to be careful. We need to know our individual limits. We're all different, and it's based on our liver, the size of our liver. That's why they used to recommend um, two drinks for men and one for women because the liver sizes are different. But I think they're you know the science is now coming a little bit lower than that in terms of o- optimal amount. As we age, we can we can metabolize wine less effectively Mm. at this, at this time of day for you, you're kind of hitting the peak of um, metabolizing alcohol. So you want to be, for me, I'm finishing my wine by six o'clock. Yeah, Mm -hmm. me too. And so, and I'm sorry to keep you, but, (laughs) but there are always exceptions in this case. Um, uh, uh, But, but I think, um, the, the key the, there's so many benefits i mean the the, the there's a paradox where a, a little bit of wine can help uh prevent heart disease but a lot can make it worse the same thing with with cancer um and so we 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 need to understand what that limit is for ourselves individually
0: i saw um in the times recently a wonderful article which really captivated me because it said that um One of the reasons why we enjoy wine so much isn't necessarily about the taste of the wine. It's the company we have. So, you know, when you go on holiday and you're sitting um, at a restaurant overlooking the ocean or, you know, a mountaintop or something, and you're sitting there with your best friends and you have this bottle of wine and you think, well, that's great. I'm going to get some of that when I get home. And then you buy it when you get home, but it never tastes as good. And the thing that makes a difference is the moment Mm -hmm. and the company that you're with.
1: And enjoying that, which
0: which takes us all the way back to that blue zones about um, community, about being with friends, and about enjoying life.
1: You're you're exactly right. The ambiance is is important, but it's it's a part of the enjoyment of life.
0: Mm. Well, and maybe that's a great point to stop, Phil, about the enjoyment of life.
1: It's something people need to keep hearing. I, I I remind myself of it every day. I celebrate every day. So, you know, we 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 can't get enough of that enjoyment
0: well phil maffetone it's been an absolute pleasure to have you back on the show it's been several years but it's been well worth the wait and i'm 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 hoping that we don't have to wait as long to get you back on again but for now thank you so much for sharing your wisdom again
1: thank you simon this has been great as usual
0: thank you once again to dr phil maffetone he's always really good value and i just love our conversations And I think you all do as well, as he is our most popular guest to date, judging by previous podcast numbers. As usual, please look for links to our discussion topics in the show notes. And to make sure you don't miss any one of our episodes in the future, please go to iTunes, search for High Performance Human Triathlon Podcast, and click on the subscribe button. And while you're in Apple Podcasts, and if you have a bit of time, I'd really appreciate if you can leave us a review. Apparently, that really helps to boost the ratings and get more listeners. You can also get more listeners by sharing this with your friends. So if you really like the stuff we talk about and the guests we have, then maybe you can find a friend who you can share it with and then you can double the membership and the listeners overnight. Also in the introduction to this episode, I mentioned that we have a membership program which allows me to provide more in-depth exclusive content and programs so we don't need to have any paid ads on the show. And one of my goals is to ensure all SWAP members get back much more than the price of the subscription. So membership benefits include access to a growing library of training plans for a whole range of endurance events, monthly workshops exclusive to SWAP members, access to educational workshops on topics such as nutrition, sleep, strength and, and much more and discounts on partner products that I believe in and use myself, and with whom I have a lot of fun working with the people who run those companies. So if you'd like to learn more and access the member-only benefits, please visit my website, Simonward.co.uk and click on the Work With Me button. That's all for this week. Thank you once again for joining us, and I will see you on the next episode.